For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. Now, I'm pleased to announce we've got another full house this week and that means wearing the captain's armband is Cole. Cole, how have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, good thanks, Dan. These are becoming slightly frustrating um, pods now, aren't they? Because each week we seem to have a little dilemma um, and I don't think we've had a very happy pod for a while. So uh, I think this will be therapy as usual, mate. As per usual, yes, we've not had a win yet. So I hope this isn't a jinx. But anyway, let's move on quickly before it is. Um, I shouldn't forget that I guess the podcast midfield linchpin is James. James, it's a pleasure to have you on board once more. How are things with you, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me again, mate. Um, as Carl says, it'd be nice to be to be talking about a win uh, in the Premier League for once, but maybe next week, maybe the week after. Well, it can't be next week because it's the international break, but at least we can't lose, I guess, so it's not all bad. And also joining us, we've got another debut appearance. It's Trevor Lloyd. So, Trevor, thanks for joining us, and I hope you're excited to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Very excited and ready to talk all things Tottenham. Exactly. That's exactly what we want out of you, Trev. So before we do all that, let's get the social media bits out of the way first so we can dissect Saturday and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Come On You Spurs app where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COYSCOM or also on all the major audio platforms, which is Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anything else, you know, you name it, we're on there. If we're not, let me know. I'll put it on there. So let's get down to business. And that business is the fact this is our fourth episode. We still don't have a league win to talk about. And Cole, after the midweek victory of Red Star, you would have thought confidence would have been high going into Saturday. But it once again turned out to be another full storm. Yeah, that's right. We've, we've had those couple of results now, haven't we, Dan, where, you know, we've kind of put a team away comfortably and we all sit there thinking, oh, man, you know, maybe this could be it, you know, a bit of confidence flowing, some goals being scored. Um, but my word, I tell you now, Saturday, I've not seen a more worrying performance than that that we saw Saturday for a long while because... You know, that, that's face it. I think every one of us who saw that game realises that a point was, was we were lucky. Um, and, you know, Sheffield United could feel rightly aggrieved by the end of that game. Um, but that level of performance, that, that has really worried me because I've not seen us be so outplayed by a team in a long while other than Man City or someone like that. And for a team like Sheffield United to come to our ground and basically overrun us and overpower us in the manner that they did, um, I think that's the performance that really starts sending some worrying signs about where this team is this season. Um, and, and I think we you know, there's big trouble. So, James, an hour before the Liverpool game, you could get the feeling that social media was bemoaning the fact that Poch made so many changes after that first Red Star victory. This time around, there was only two. And I think a lot of people looked at that line and thought, yes, you know, this is what we want. Little changes, using that momentum, off we go. So we can't use that as an excuse. Where do we point the finger this week? Yeah, that was. I think that was my first thought was, well, what, who are we going to use as a scapegoat if we don't win this game was, uh, was my first thought. But yeah, as you rightly say, you know what we wanted was a bit of consistency. You know, we wanted to see the the team that performed so well against Red Star, given another chance to to do it on the big stage. Um, you know, obviously Serge Aurier is, isn't great at right back. That's always going to be a bit, little bit of a worry for us. But it is it is really that that front 
six almost that that that, that we did want a bit of consistency from you know and, and Dombele bossing the midfield and Sissoko providing a bit of cover uh, and most importantly for me was was giving Lo Celso a, a, a good a good chance in the in the Premier League to to see if he could have an influence on the game like he did in the Champions League. Um, uh, you know, as it came to be, it wasn't wasn't quite the same as, as playing against Red Star. It wasn't, you know, the game was much more intense. Sheffield were were much better behind the ball than than Red Star were, um, and unfortunately, we we were left uh, looking a bit clueless, looking like we didn't really know what to do with the ball. And I think the energy levels were just low. Everything about the performance was was just ugly. Really, it was it was a game that we that we really should have gone ahead to lose, but. Um, I guess if you're looking at it in that respect, it was a good point. But also, it's just you know, it's a downward spiral. It's 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 not looking good at the moment. Trevor, let's be honest. Those first 45 minutes, there was little to shout about. I mean, Barcia was like hitting the post. You could have probably just scrapped that part of match of the day and just gone straight to the second half. So, from a Tottenham point of view, why were we so lacklustre considering there was such a good showing in midweek? Because, like I say, you'd think you'd use that as the sort of the momentum, the springboard. You're in what November? You can't use player fatigue or tiredness is a real excuse. So why did we just not turn up? Where to start? Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, Pochettino used that as an excuse, which I thought was very poor after the game. He said it was, you know, the players look very tired after midweek, which, you know, if he's... It's just, it's just a poor, poor excuse to use, especially coming off the back of a good away win, like you said, for the first time since, well, April in all competitions. It's just not clicking at the minute. Um, the passing's very slow. It's very predictable. We're very easy to play against. And the movement as well up front. I mean, Harry Kane on Saturday just just offered nothing. On the ball, off the ball. I just, uh, it was very poor. Like, our, our worst performance of the season, for sure. Yep, I don't think many people, if anyone, would argue with that, Trevor. So, Cole... There was obviously some respite from that poor performance and that's where we took the lead. And of course, you should never bemoan a goal being scored in any fashion. But even that seemed to sum up our performance because it only came from a mistake from Sheffield United rather than us creating something. So with us having what you consider such a strong side and being at home, as you sort of just referenced, this really adds to the concerns, doesn't it? Yeah, I think like as the guys said there, you know, one of the key real worries about the way we're playing at the moment is the pedestrian nature and the timidness that we play with. You know, a couple of seasons ago when we were tearing teams apart, we were we were playing like Leicester are at the moment. It was fast paced. Everything was done with a purpose. You've got runners going off, balls being played when they should be. And right now, our game has kind of just become this. Let's knock it across the back four, three or four times. Let the other team, they shuffle across they stop us at the full back and then we go back across the back line and there doesn't seem to be that directness and that urgency and pace and power and we have just become a very predictable and boring side to play against um, and unfortunately when you've got also players who are not in form like Kane and things like that and there's question marks whether Kane can do that front running and pressing like we've seen um, then you do just become very predictable and the football becomes just very boring and easy to play against um, and unfortunately I think that's just what's happening now you know we seem to have lost that power and directness um, and, and it's hard to see where that's going to come back um, at the moment because the place you know the, the atmosphere and the mood just just seems miserable um, and I'm sure we'll come on to it later but 
you know, when you've got a manager also bringing off one of your best players on the day, someone who's going around creating stuff, and you can see that that player's frustrated, I think it just go. you know, that performance does just show you that there are some real key issues at the club right now, um, and it's not a happy place. And the worry is you don't see that improving anytime soon. And, you know, before we know it, three or four more games down the line and we could be in some serious, you know, be in a position that we really don't want to be in. And now I don't fear relegation because I don't think there's no way we'll get sucked into that. Um, if you like, in, in all seriousness, I think we're too, we are too good for that. But you don't want to be in and around that sort of area trying to struggle to pick results up. But we're looking that way at the moment. And like I say, no disrespect to Sheffield United. They were brilliant on the day and they've been brilliant. But that is effectively, in reality, a championship side that's come to our ground and actually murdered us. Absolutely murdered us. Um, And that, for me, sends real worries about Poch and this squad and where they're at. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, mate. I mean, it's almost the way that teams are setting up against Tottenham. They're not just necessarily being, you know, deep and just saying, well, you know, come and break us down. It's almost now as if to say, you can have possession in the defensive third and the midfield third because we know you can't really do too much in attack. Like, yeah, if you want... I, I think we've seen that for a season or so now, haven't we, Dan? Yeah. Teams have worked out that if you just sit deep against Spurs and don't let players like Son or that get in behind you, then they've, they've got a slow build-up. And you can just marshal it. You know, they'll go across the lines, back and forward. And there isn't that kind of direct passing or that pass out of nowhere that splits two fullbacks in the centre half. And I think we have just become really easy to work out. Yeah, it's so telegraphed. I mean, you watch it from I'm behind the goal and it's just, you, you know what's happening. It's left and then just two passes across, maybe one forward, one back. And it's just like, there's just a lack of urgency. But anyway, talking of lack of urgency, James, VAR. We have to talk about it again. Obviously, it went our way again, but nearly four minutes for the answer is boring on farcical, isn't it? It really is, mate. Yeah, it's 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 killing the game. It's killing football's emotion. It's killing it's killing what football's all about. You know, it's and that you know it's coming from a group of fans who have, as you rightly say, we we've benefited from VAR probably more than any team. Uh, in the league, you know, it always seems to be that we get off on the right side. The only one I can think of is um, the, the Leicester one, you know, Serge Aurier's goal against Leicester, which arguably lost us the game, went on to lose 2 1 from there. Um, but other than that, you know, it's, it's given us some great moments, but yet we're still moaning about it. You know, uh, it's, it's killing the emotion of the game. You know, you see players scoring goals, but their first thought is to, is to, yeah, you know, do I celebrate? Do I not? Because this is a goal, and and then the kind of the secondary celebration is is a little bit of a uh, an anticlimax. And you know, when there's decisions being made like that one at the weekend, it, you know, even Tottenham fans are booing that because it's just it's such a ridiculous decision. You know, it's offside by what a toe, and you know, we've been on the wrong side of it, as I say, against Leicester, and it is so so frustrating when. The margin of error is is so wide, and the margins that that they're ruling goals out are so small. You know, it's it, it's it's horrible. And uh, we've we've always said that it. it I've always said it's that it would uh, it would be the end of football. It's going to kill the game, and uh, hopefully they, they they don't persevere with with VAR in its current platform because it just clearly doesn't work. Uh, and you know, if they are going to carry on with with video technology, then they need to to hone it a little bit and and make it a little bit more specific to the game because. At the moment, it is it is killing what football is. 
Of course, Trevor, it seemed as if we then used up all of our base luck because a few minutes later, Sheffield United were level. And you'd have to say, really, a pretty soft goal to concede at the same time. So, more importantly, why was a lesson not learned from getting out of jail just minutes earlier? Well, the massive worry is that it was a carbon copy of the goal that was ruled out for offside, exactly. wasn't it? Yep. You know, and Dyer out of position. Don't know where Davis was going for the goal. I mean, he needs to start wide. But I think that goal happens because of the change that Pochettino made to bring off Deli Alley for uh, who was it at the time? Uh, was it Foyth who came on for Deli Alley? That's right. Yep. It was. Yeah. And I thought Deli was working hard down the left to help Davis, to cu help cover for him. And when he went off, it, they seemed to have a lot more room on that left-hand side because Son was looking to break every time he got the ball, leaving Davis one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one -on -one all the time. So, you know, it's, it was a very poor goal to concede and we're just not learning our lessons at all. No, it's the same mistakes being made. It's all about, you know, what they say about insanity, don't they? If you keep making the same mistakes, you just are insane. And I think that's sort of part of the problem at the moment. But, Cole... Much has been made of the fact that Pochettino has not named the same team for 94 matches. So it's pretty apparent that at the moment we don't have a winning formula. We're nowhere near it. So if you're Poch, or maybe even you, let's take your opinion, do you stick with now this team because you've got the sort of the want ways cast aside? You're sort of saying, right, this is, as things stand, the next generation of Tottenham. Do you stick with what you've got? Or do you then keep twisting again to keep trying to find that winning formula? Because at some point, you're going to have to say, this is it. Because otherwise, you're just chucking things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And at the moment, that's causing more problems than solutions. Yeah, well, I think sometimes you've got to try and let players, you know, play themselves into form as well, haven't you? Because like I say, you know, if you keep dropping certain players, then they don't get a run. Um, and, and all pros will probably tell you that they need to play football regularly to get in the groove. So I think, like you said, we were quite happy that we basically had the same team. Um, I'm not really sure why Aurier came back in because for me, I would have stuck with four at fullback. You know, Aurier wouldn't be anywhere near my side. Um, he's another one that's just a liability at the back. And for me, Foyth had a decent game in midweek. And I, I wouldn't have changed anything from midweek. You know, we, we all knew there'd probably be one change or so. But right now, I do think if Poch is confident that he wants a rebuild and he, he's, you know, fully out there saying he wants this rebuild and it'd be painful, well, then it, it will need to be painful, won't it? And he'll need to stick with it. Um, and he should now try to bear with this side and give it a chance to have a run of games, um, you know, let players play themselves into form and try and get themselves out of this. Because there is no point bringing those players back who don't want to be there, like Christian Eriksen. Um, you know, if he doesn't want to be there, then there's no point you know, persevering with him even till January. You know, you just say, well, OK, we're moving on from you now. What happens in January if you are happen, but you're not in my plans because I need to move this club forward um, and I'm going to go with these guys who want to be here. Um, and, and that was something Poch did when he first came to the club. You know, we had players like Cabal and Townsend who he, his opinion was they weren't, they weren't in it for the team and they were out of the side. So he shouldn't go away from that. And yeah, for me, stick with the majority of this side now. Give them the run. Give them a few games to try and prove or see if they can get them out of it. And obviously, then you've just got to wait till January to see what you're going to do then. Um, but for me, I think January is just this 
mythical month where people seem to think the problems are going to be solved. And if you know the way this club's run, um, there's no chance this club is bringing five or six players in that could need to, to change things around this season. That That is just not going to happen with the way we do business. Um, so I don't really see the changes coming in January that people think there's going to be. So we may as well go with those younger players, those hungry players, and give them a chance to try and do something about it. But again, as I say, I just don't see it happening. I think we're in the, for a season of real mixed results all over the shop. You know, one win here, a couple of bad results, maybe a couple of good results, then back to a couple of bad, because I, I just don't think it's there at the moment. And as... <clears throat> As Trev said, you know, that substitution of Deli Alley at the weekend, I think his reaction tells you a little bit about the feeling around the club because that was a guy who certainly wasn't happy with his manager there. James, for you, how pivotal was the loss of Undumbele to injury at half-time? Do you think that enforced change hampered Tottenham in the second half? I know he scored, but obviously we didn't win the game. Or again, are we now looking further and further down the list of excuses to dig our way out of this one? I think it's a bit of both, mate. Obviously, we're looking for excuses because we shouldn't be we shouldn't be getting that result against a team like Sheffield United. It's a team that we should be easily brushing aside. But you know, it, it is a very very fair enough excuse. He's, he's our best midfielder. He's one of the best midfielders in the league on on his day, um, and particularly in a game like this where where Sheffield are trying to make us play uh, play football in errors that we don't really want to play football. You know, like we said, putting men behind the ball and making us pick that pass that, that breaks the lines. Um, and there's the only player in you know playing in that position who can really break the lines is Ndombele. You know he he he's the one with that killer instinct and that killer pass that that can really make a difference. And taking him out of the game it is always going to hinder the team. You know Harry Winks, as good a player as he is, he hasn't got the same kind of attributes as Ndombele. He hasn't. He can't um, see see the passes that he sees. Um, and you know we've seen it so many times in, in recent games that players like Alderweireld are, are trying to. Be the be the main creative player. They're, they're trying to be the player who's who's picking the pass to 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 unlock defenses, and it's you know it's it's just not how it should be. Um, you know, a midfield pivot of Winks and, and Sissoko just isn't creative enough when we're playing against a uh, a team like Sheffield, who are gonna who are gonna pack the midfield and make it difficult for us to break the lines. So losing our our best our best passer of the ball, our most creative player. Um, is is always going to hinder the team, and, and I think it, it it's a massive psychological blow for the players too, because you know whenever he gets the ball, there the he's the guy that they're looking at to to create things. Look at look at him in the in the Champions League for Leon last year. You know he's, he absolutely runs the show, and he, and he is the one who's driving forward of the ball and and, and making things happen. Uh, and the players know that as well as we do. So you know it, it's 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 inevitable that the uh, heads are going to drop, uh, and our our out creative output is going to suffer too. Well, let's hope for a quick return and he's, he's back after the international break. So, Trevor, on the point of sticking or twisting, what would you do at centre-back? Because it's clear, arguably, that the Belgian pair are our best centre-back duo. However, if you were to play them each week knowing that they're more likely they're not going to be at the end of the season, it sort of creates a bit of a vacuum then, doesn't it? Because you have these two great players who then leave and you're like, well, what now? So, do you sort of mark out the next few months as a sort of transitional phase do you go with Sanchez and Dyer knowing that they're going to be there for longer could you even see someone else bought in the turn of the new year you know sort of think with next season in mind because I don't think Eric Dyer is necessarily going to be a top choice centre-back going forward but then do you add someone else to the ranks how do you play out this situation it's a very tough one um I was one of the ones that was happy that Sanchez and Dyer um 
continued from the Champions League. But Dyer is just the worry for me at the back. Um, you saw on Saturday how many times he was trying to pass it into Harry Kane with his left foot, and it was just going to them, and they were just hitting us every time. And um, Sanchez, uh, he, he gets picked on quite a bit on social media and in the ground. It seems to be he makes one mistake and people jump on him, whereas Vertonghen and Toby have a lot of leeway in that respect. Um, but to answer the question, I'd probably stick out of Vero and Sanchez. Um, I thought, I think out of the ones that won away, I think Toby, you can't really level the same abuse at him as, say, a Vertonghen or anyone else. Um, you know who I'm laughing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. I noticed we'll you, that you, in a minute. you yeah, brilliant. the name, but uh, yeah, please, please continue, Chev. But yeah, um, yeah, I'd stick with Toby and uh, possibly and Sanchez, definitely Sanchez, because going forward, Sanchez I think will be a a real player for us and and in the league in general. Okay, Trevor, I'll stay with you. I was going to ask you in a couple of minutes, but now we're sort of approaching this subject. Can you explain number 23 to me, please? <laughs> well, it just all started with one tweet during the game. Um, I just tweeted out, who is that in number 23? Because it's like, he's like a ghost. He's basically, he might as well not even be playing. And from there, it's just, it's just continued and it's blown up. And it's everyone, well, not everyone. Some people think it's funny. Some people think it's immature or childish or whatever but you know for me it's just I think he's treating Tottenham at the minute with a, a, a lack of respect um his effort is it's just atrocious um the Everton game his first touch was woeful I mean he's never been a, a someone to put his foot in but there was a, a moment in the second half where uh, he's miscontrolled it and he's it's gone about five yards away from him, and he hasn't even made an attempt to go and get the ball. Um, whereas, like I said in the previous answer, Toby Alderweireld, he obviously wants out because he's not signing a new contract. But you can't, you know, he's he's commit. He's not well. He's not committed because he's not signing a new deal. But you, you know, you can't level that same abuse at him because he does try. You know, and he is. You know, and I, I just, I just can't stand him. Basically, yeah, I see where you're coming from, isn't it? Because when you look at the output that Ericsson offers on the game, you only have to look at those stats that, um, well, they weren't even stats, were they? They were just all zeros against Everton. So that's the kind of position that we're in. And like you say, a lack of respect is a great way to sum it up, really, because it's sort of like, well, if you can't really be bothered to play for the shirt, then why should we herald you and even sort of say your name? So you know, I'm. I, you know, I think it's quite funny more than anything else. So, all credit to you. If that's the hill you're going to die on, Trev, then so be it. But, Cole, we've said a lot about Christian Eriksen, but anything to sort of add on Trevor's comments here? Uh, only funny that he shares the same squad number Sol Campbell used to oh, at yes. number 23, doesn't he? Um, and, and when you think of the hate that Campbell gets aimed at him... Um, but like, as you say, you could still say that it is Christian showing the same sort of lack of respect to the club and shirt that, you know, a certain, you know, famous hated player once was as well. Um, but it is funny that they both wear that same shirt. And this season they have both kicked off and been possibly the most controversial player in a Spurs shirt for a long while. But, 
you know, we, we'd, we'd always sit there and say, won't we, you know, he's given us some good years, but I'm afraid, as I say, any player who just throws his toys out of the pram the way he seems to have done and just kind of down tools on his effort um, loses a lot of respect because I always say, you know, when you look at great players in the past, you know, look at Hazard last season, knew he was going to leave Chelsea, but still put in and took them and won them a Europa League final. You know, Ronaldo, his last season at Old Trafford, you know, he wanted out the season before, was asked to wait one season and probably put in one of his best seasons following that again in the United shirt, even though he didn't want to be there. Um, there's just ways you can go about it and do things and, and Christian's not done that. Um, and I think I agree with Trevor, you know, the one thing you could say, you know, there are other players who do want out, like as we say, Toby, we know he's not signing that contract and has probably wanted out for a season or so. But let's face it, when he's played, you don't see an obvious lack of, I'm not trying. You see a lot of passion there. He still, for me, is putting in some reasonable performances. You know, that game against Crystal Palace, um, watching him spray the ball around from the back was just a joy to watch that day. And it was down to him that we probably got those four goals because his passing from the back was unreal. Um, but that you're just not seeing that from certain certain players and Christians, the one where it's obvious he's not doing that. So, you know, there's ways to do it. And he, he hasn't he hasn't put himself in the shop window. Um, and for me, though, I find it funny because if I'm a club looking at him, I wouldn't touch him with a barge pole at the moment. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that front as well. I don't know what club he'd go to now because you're looking down the list, you're sort of thinking, well... There's no top-tier club that he deserves to go to, but football is a very strange beast. Staying on the subject of number 23, James, and his heir apparent, I guess, Lacelso. What did you make of his offering on Saturday? Certainly more promising. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's a, he's a player that's certainly going to uh, only get better with time and, and minutes on the pitch. And I think from what we've seen from him and what we've seen from Ericsson, um, it, it's clear which one should be starting games and which one Pochettino should be putting his faith in. Because there's one player... Uh, going in one direction that you know Ericsson is he's given us his best years uh, he wants out of the club he, he's not putting in uh, everything for the shirt uh, and then you've got another player who, who's he actively wanted to join us he, he's come here um, he's you know he wants to nail down that that starting place uh, and he's only going to get better with minutes on the pitch and so why why would why wouldn't you you know push him ahead of Ericsson why wouldn't you make him your main man uh, and there's also there's, there's clearly a, a, a very good footballer in there. You know, from from that game, the only the only two positives were were La Celso and probably Sonny. You know, he's he's been the only player who, who has turned up for us this season. Uh, La Celso, considering you know that he hasn't had any minutes in the Premier League at all, really. Um, he's he, he still hasn't been given chance to acclimatise. People talk about how how difficult it is to to get used to playing in the Premier League. It's obviously he's not the biggest bloke, and it's quite a physical league. Um, it's a fast league. We've seen with Ndombele that, that, that the fitness aspect comes into it too. Um, so you know he's only going to get improve and, and go in one direction, whereas Christian Eriksen is, is clearly only going in the other. Um, so for me, very very promising. He should be the one that, that we're we're pushing to start in that creative midfield spot. Uh, and I think formation wise, we have to be playing with with that fluid three that we that we always used to play with. Uh, we've you know Ali, Sonny, and and Lo Celso playing in behind Kane, uh, and and just giving them three a, a free role to to chop and change between themselves, uh, not not tying Sonny to the left, not tying Ali out to the right, let, letting them move between themselves, and and letting you know causing the problem for defenders, letting them play off each other, 
you know, it's something that Ali was, was so good at a couple of seasons ago was not being tied to a position, was just finding the, the spaces, playing off Kane, you know, not taking up each other's spaces. It was it was a joy to watch and, and hopefully with La Celso uh, firing, then we can we can get back into that form. Right, we've got a Twitter listener's question and it's from at Spurs JCM. It's a two-parter, so I will ask the first part to Cole. He says, quite simply, does Potch get to the end of the season with the club being where we are right now? No. Um, for me, I think I, I, anything other than, you know, I think if we lose at West Ham um, in the next game, then for me, I think that's it. I think time's done um, and it, it'll be, he'll be gone after that game. But I certainly, I don't just think you should get a free hit and get given till the end of the season because, you know, I don't, the club shouldn't be sitting around waiting just to give someone a chance. You know, we can't be that nice. Um, and, and if and if we're carrying on this form to the end of the season, then the manager is part of the problem and you need to make a change. And James, the second part of that, if the answer is no, and Levy has to finally bite a very expensive bullet to get rid of him, would you snap up Mourinho before Arsenal possibly do? Uh, for me, no. Um, I, I, you know, Mourinho is great to listen to. He's a great tactician. I really, really enjoy him as a pundit. But I, I don't want him anywhere near Spurs. You know, if you, you look at um, Mourinho's impact at, at clubs, you know, clubs like United, it was, it was, he had a good, a good impact to start with. But then it, it tails off. It's, it's not enjoyable football that, that he plays. Um, you know, he's got, he's got. He can rub players up the wrong way. I think I think he, we'd end up with a with a completely different squad. I think there'd be an exodus of players. Um, and and for me, it, he's just not a Tottenham manager. You know, it, it, there's a we talk about the Tottenham way. It's a it's a very philosophical way of looking at at it. But for me, there is a Tottenham way. It is it is young players playing exciting football, uh, and and you know playing football with a smile on your face and playing fast, fluid football. And that is not something that. That Mourinho will offer for us, you know. If you, if I just wouldn't enjoy watching Tottenham if we were scraping one ones and one nils each week. For me, I think it's part of football is the ups and downs, and I don't want Mourinho anywhere near our club. And and for me, I I hope Pochettino gets the chance to to rebuild the squad in 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 the way that he said he wanted to last season. Um, so for me, any any answer to to a question about another manager. Uh, is going to be a no because I, I, Pochettino is the man that I want to rebuild Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I guess if you appointed Jose Mourinho, it would be like George Graham version two. Like, yes, you'd probably win a trophy, like a League Cup, but the football would be like not so great. So, it's, do you want to go down that pragmatic route and actually win stuff, or do you want to be the nearly med and not win stuff? Like, that's the, I guess, the dichotomy that the club find himself in. And I guess well, fans I ask think... themselves the same question. Yeah, I think if you put that out to a lot of fans, a lot of fans would say, "Look, look, let's win the boring trophy, winning one nil." But it's it's a personal preference of mine that you know I I think Pochettino is the man who can who can turn this round for us, and I I you know I just don't think that us winning a league cup is is the answer to to all our problems. You know, I, it, we spoke about it many times. I think Tottenham we need to be competing at the top level of uh, of European football. Um, you know, and if you ever ask me finishing outside of the Champions League or, or winning a League Cup, that I'd, I'd be in the Champions League every time. Not you know, one day out at Wembley is not going to paper over the cracks of of not playing in in the Champions League, not playing at the top level of European football. Uh, and for me, I, I think we've become spoilt with what we've got. We've become us fans have become uh, spoilt with with Champions League football. We've taken it for granted. Um, 
and I think we'll realise when we're not in it that, that you know going back to playing those Europa League Thursday nights is horrible. And and there's you know a, a day out at Wembley, a, a five minutes of fame is is not gonna gonna paper over the cracks of not being in that competition for me. Well, Trevor, I'll so, get... see. I, I, I sorry, Dan. See, I, right, I don't think there we've become spoiled fans. I, I find it strange when people say we've become spoiled because the the bottom line is. The first couple of seasons we were there, yes, it was great because it was new. But we're not, you know, the, the club has moved on from the generation of the 90s now. You know, this is not a mid-table club that's just punching above its weight anymore. You know, the club, the club have built this stadium and training ground with the view that it takes the club to the next level. We got into top four regularly with the view that the money that you generate from that takes you on to the next level. Unfortunately, in life, when you improve, expectations improve. And right now, we're not a small club that should just be, well, you know, we should be grateful we get Champions League. You know, we've got to get rid of this mindset, in my opinion. The club has moved on. We are a Champions League club. And right now, with the players and the, the facilities and everything at the club, we should be expecting that sort of football because we are that bigger club. Um, and I don't think we can sit there and just keep banging the drum of, oh, Spurs are a little club that we've now got. So we've had a taste of Champions League football. This club has moved on and we should have those rightful expectations because we were in a position to get them. Um, I think, you know, the thing we've all suffered from is that we sat still and we admired what we had rather than building on it. And that's where the problems comes. But I don't think necessarily we've become ungrateful, if you like. I think we just expecting what rightfully, when you become the sort of club we are now, you, you should get given the ability and that that you've had and the position you've been in. Um, and like I say, you know, that's why I think that Poch, unfortunately, has done brilliantly. But he will now start being judged on, well, come on. You know, you've still got a good squad. You've got a good squad that's better than Newcastle. You've got a squad, in theory, that should be better than Leicester. Um, and I don't think we're meeting those expectations. But, you know, I think we, you know, we have got to start thinking we are better than just, oh, you know, get, get Champions League and that's it. You know, you've got to move past that barrier at some point. Well, I guess that that when given when given the uh, the the dilemma between should we be happy with Champions League football or should we be competing for a, a trophy on another front, we, the answer to that should be that we sh we should now be competing on both fronts. Why can't we compete on both fronts? And the answer oh, to that right. is, is we, obviously we should have had top yeah. four and a trophy by now. We should have yeah. had both. There was no reason why we couldn't have got top four and won a League Cup or the FA Cup. Well, absolutely. Let, Let me same bring. Point. Sorry. But, let, on, me, no, let, me, on, let me bring Trevor in on this one. So, Trevor, anything to sort of add on the points that Cole and James have made? And also, what's your take on the sort of where are you on the potchometer? Are you potching or are you swinging towards potch out? Uh, just about potching. Just okay. about. Just about. Um, yeah. Um, I just don't know whether he has the same drive as he used to have. You know, in his press conferences, he's, he just comes across very dull, very angry at, at times. Um, whereas before, it was all very happy and vibrant, and he was, you know, cracking jokes. And on the touchline, he just stands there with his arms crossed, stalking up and down. It's just, I, don't, I just don't know whether or not he has the same fight or whether he can oversee um, a change at Spurs. But I hope so, because he's given us some great moments, and it would be a travesty if he left without winning a trophy with us, and especially with this squad, because he has given us some great moments since he's been here and 
yeah, I, I hope he turns it around, but I doubt that he can. The thing is with football... I, I think, Dan, he'll always regret that I'll leave if we win the Champions League. Yeah. I think a massive mistake when he came yeah, out before 100%. that Champions League final and started all the talk of, oh, if we leave, if we win this, I'll probably leave. Because I think the rot is set in from there with players thinking, well, hold on, how determined is this bloke to see this out? Because now he's talking about leaving if we win this game. Um, and, and I think from that moment on, before that final... The, things started to turn a little bit sour with everybody and his comments of, along those lines just really didn't help him and I think you know once we then didn't win it you're then turning the clock back well no you know and, and I think Potter's got to stop talking waffle in these conferences because I think he puts himself in such silly situations by making comments and then going back on them the very next day um, and I think as, as Trev said he's just got to get back to being confident, you know, not not coming across as miserable and downbeat, and and maybe that can help try and turn things around as well. Well, one of the things he does I've noticed now is he starts to dig out certain players in his press conferences, like Endon Bele, who's the quote after the Liverpool game. Can't quite remember it word for word, but he said, you know, he got asked a question about him, and he was like, "What? Why? Like, how how did he impact the game?" And just come across very weird to me, and. You know, Poch in his early years was, he used to defend his players and it was very much us against them. But this year it just seems like it's, you know, if you're not Kane or Son or Delhi, he he doesn't protect you as much. Yeah, it's almost like the inner circle, isn't it? If you're not part of the sort of the elite club of, of players, then you're sort of like, you know, you're quite easily in the firing line. And I guess with football and certainly managers that... You know, in any other job, you build up a lot of credit and if you had a ropey sort of three months, then you'd have some sort of action plan and you'd be all right. But unfortunately, football is not like the real world and it's very much what have you done for me lately. So, you know, Poch has been now five complete seasons. This is number six, not won a trophy and you're sort of thinking, yeah, but the football's been great and we've got so close. But then, you know, it all starts again come August. You hit the reset button and you've got to do it that season as well. So this is the real sort of quandary. Do you look at what he's done in the past and think, Yes, there is the appetite to do it again. But then you look at his body language, his demeanour, and you'd have to say, there is no appetite. And, Carl, as you say, that comment in the Champions League final the day before, that's probably the millstone around his neck that he's wearing. And it's probably set the club back quite a bit. And this is where we are now. And, Carl, I'll, I'll ask you this question, because I was doing a bit of maths on Saturday, and if you carried this form across the season, so in this sort of just about the first third, we'd end up with... 46 points. Now, obviously, one third of the season, when you take that, doesn't necessarily dictate what's going to happen in the next. Like They're not going to be carbon copies. However, we keep talking about this ignition spark and the fact that if we get a run going, but surely after sort of 12 games, the table's not lying and you can't see this sort of even half-decent run now becoming actually something that comes to fruition. No, not at all. And, and I think that's the real worry, isn't it? You know, we, we, what we was great at before, wasn't it, is we, we could maybe lose one, but then we'd go 10 or 13 games unbeaten. And yes, you wouldn't win all those, but once you then start getting 10, 13 games unbeaten, it builds a confidence. The worry that I don't think any of us can see, and I'd give even the most diehard optimistic fan, you can't actually see a turn in form where we could put together 
five or six games unbeaten at the moment, let alone what we will probably need to in terms of looking at 10 to 13 games going unbeaten. Um, I think the season is just going to be one of a real mixture to the end of it now. You know, we'll we'll win, like I say, we might win two on a bounce at some point, but then we'll lose two on a bounce, win one, lose one, win one, lose two, draw a couple. Um, Because you just don't see the ability there to go on a long run um, and put that sort of run together that you might need to that even gets you close to the top four. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really worrying, you know, because I don't see any big long run of unbeaten football coming for us, um, especially with the way Potch changes things around and the rotation that's going to come in. Obviously, the Champions League, if we get through that, then you've got that headache and games to come in the week. The FA Cup will come. Um, and, it, and it is a real worry, the form at the moment. Um, but all you can try and do is just start, you know, and if you can get a result against West Ham, you know, a team again who are not playing well, and then you go again, you can look to build um, from there. But yeah, I think we'll have a real mixed bag of a season coming to the end, you know, and who knows, we may have one of those seasons where we finish, you know, eighth or ninth. Um, but, but maybe that could be a blessing in disguise in the long run, because I think right now something will need to happen that kind of bolts the club a little bit. Um, and maybe it will be missing out on Europe or Champions League that might suddenly make the board and the club go, listen, there's changes needed here massively and urgently. Um, and But yeah, no, no run will come for me, Dan. No, I think it's going to be a very stop-start. And the fact you mentioned about finishing 8th or ninth is the exact conversation that me and James had in the very first episode. Because we said that if you finish 6th, you're just about, you know, it's all about going back to paper over the cracks. And yeah, you're in the Europa League, but it doesn't enforce dramatic change. But if you finish 8th or ninth, and you think, oh, fuck it, hang on, like, something's really got to change here, be it either the manager or a massive overhaul, then it might be that sort of shock to the system that actually then bolts the club forward because when you're just sort of regressing uh, and treading water i think that's the one as well isn't it Dan? that will bolt the, the board see i think while we've been getting in the champions league the board are quite happy to kind of go well actually you know hold on a minute things are kind of you know things are working we're still there that as you say a massive drop out of europe and i think that's the one thing that levy and joe lewis and the board will actually go hold on a minute we didn't build this stadium to be not even in european you know the europa league or anything like that because you're not then going to be able to charge the sort of prices they are if you're just playing you know premier league and carabao cup matches so i think you know that that fear could be the big jolt that gets some action action moving can I just piggyback on on top of that? Yeah, sure. Do you, do you, do you think though if we do miss out on European football altogether and say finish eighth, and then they go into the summer with a real plan, or say Poch and Levy are talking now, and you know he Poch saying we might miss out on Europe, but in the summer if you back me, I'll get you back there within a season. Do you think? You know, Levy will go with that, or the fans will go with that. If there's a clear plan in place going into next season, personally, me, I think they would. If they if they really chucked at it and said, right, okay, this has been obviously the end of the era. That apex has finally curved back downwards. Like all that sort of 2015 onwards, just close history book. If they really went for it and chucked, I don't know, let's pluck 250 million. It's easier to spend their money when I'm just talking to a microphone. But I think there would be a level of acceptance. Now, of course, there's no guarantee that you would get into Europe next season, but if it was to say, look, we've hit the reset button, I'm finally being back, there's no more excuses, no one's pointing things at each other, 
then I think there would be a little bit of grace. James, what do you think of that? Yeah, I totally agree, mate. We, we, we always said about the, the painful rebuild and, and it might be the time for Pochettino to go ahead and do his painful rebuild if we do drop out of, of Europe. And it will be it will be painful because I think the worry for me is that you know the the big worry for me is that if do we if we do finish eight, uh, you know eighth or ninth as you say and then we go into the summer, are the players going to believe in the project that we are going to get back or are they going to jump ship? Are we going to see players like Son and Kane uh, leaving the club because they don't believe that Pochettino can then go ahead uh, and and well Pochettino or whoever it may be uh, go ahead. Uh, and change things around and get us back into the Champions League. Um, it's just whether those players are loyal enough or they believe in the project enough to, to stick around. Of course, Cole, it shouldn't be all doom and gloom because if we play Red Star in the Champions League in midweek every week, we'd be absolutely fine. So, obviously, a relatively comprehensive win in the end, although our opening goal in Belgrade pretty much sums up our season so far, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, it was FIFA It was FIFA 20 all over, wasn't it? You know, that ping-pong around and you see people saying as if a goal like this could be scored in real life. One minute it was off the bar, off a knee, off a shoulder. You thought VAR would get involved somehow and there'd be a decision to be made where it was ruled out because of a handball or something like that. Um, you know, credit to the Celso because he takes it down and then puts it away quite nicely and amidst all that kind of chaos and panic. Um, but that was a kind of, it, it was a good performance, you know, away from home, possible hostile atmosphere, um, but they're a dreadful side. Um, but, it, you know, at least we did what we had to in that game against them. You know, it, it better to win it a game like we did than it be a placid, you know, 1-0 where you're sitting there thinking, oh, this ain't very good and this team are bad. But this, you know, we're still playing poorly. We put them to the sword. Um, and like as you say, just a shame we can't play them in every game because, uh, you know, you could get relegated and win the Champions League in the same season. Never say never, Cole. So, James, <laughs> Hume Ming Song played, and obviously there was going to be questions about his state of mind after the Everton sending off, which was eventually retracted. So, um, it seems on the basis of that performance, there was no real sort of bearing. Obviously, there's probably a little bit still lingering in his mind. That said, his goal celebration, nothing short of class, was it? Yeah, he's, he's, he, we know what Sonny's like. He's, he's one of the nicest folks in football. Um, there's no one out there who can who can claim that the tackle was made with any malice. You know, it, it was the right decision to to rescind the red card. Um, and and ever the professional, he went out there, got his got the job done. Um, played, you know, played out his skin yet again. Uh, uh, grabbed himself a goal, and then just to top it off, um, he proved proved to the to the world that he is he is Mister Nice Guy with the uh, with the celebration. So. You know, it, it's one player that we should we should be holding dear. We should be get, uh, getting behind every week because he always gives his all for the team. Uh, and he's clearly a, a pretty nice bloke too. And Trev, that win puts us one win away from qualification for the round of 16. You'd like to think that we can get the better of Olympiacos at home and then we've only got to go to Bayern in pretty much, well, it would be a dead rubber at that point. So hopefully we can get the job done before we need to go to Germany. Absolutely, that's the fear is that we go to Germany needing something and after what happened at the home game, we all don't want that. So I think we'll do Olympiacos because I, 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 you know, we've people say that Red Star are poor. You know, you look at their record at home. They actually beat Liverpool there last season, 2-0 and quite comfortably too. And, you know, we've, you know, we've played dreadful teams in the Premier League this season. I mean, we played Watford and we drew 1-1 with them at home. 
and they got smashed 7-0 to Man City. So, you know, it was, a, it was a good result, good performance, but unfortunately we just didn't kick on from there. But yeah, I think we'll beat Olympiacos and make that game a dead rubber. Yeah, I think you're right there, Trev. Right, I think we've hit about full time, to be honest. So the prediction game, no one got it right at all last week. So well done to everyone. Just shows how much we know. So that means that Carl's top of the table still with three points. The guests overall as a sort of combined team are one point, And James and I are still yet to get off the mark. So a bit of admin. I need to thank my guests, Trev. An absolutely fantastic debut. I hope you enjoyed it. And more importantly, you'd like to come back at some point during the season. Absolutely, mate. Thank you for having me. And any time you want me on, just uh, message me. Will do, Trev. Thank you ever so much. And Carl, a cracking performance from you also. Cheers, Dan. Really enjoyed that. It's always good to, uh, it's always therapeutic, these sessions, and you feel a little bit better after now, don't we? So bring on, bring on, bring on West Ham and their cup final. That's right. Well, I think it's our cup final as well now. And James, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting that way. And James, thanks for your time as well, mate. No problem. Thanks, Aaron. That's on again, guys. Thank you. Okay, so if you've got any questions or comments for next week's show, please send them either to me, which is at DanTracy1983, or at C-O-Y-S underscore C-O-M. Engagement is what we want, as then we can discuss the points that you want to hear. And also, if you want to be on the show, just get in touch with me, and then we can get that arranged sort of in the next few weeks or so. So with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, and as always, come on you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.